0: This podcast is sponsored by Bang & Olufsen. A concert recording, a new symphony, even your favorite podcast. It matters how it sounds. Peter Bang and Sven Olufsen knew this when they founded their Danish audio brand in 1925, and their vision endures today. For nearly a century, Bang & Olufsen has been pushing the boundaries of audio technology and continues to sit at the forefront of acoustic innovation, because sound matters. Find out more at bang-olufsen.com forward slash classical.
1: Welcome to the BBC Music Magazine podcast. You can subscribe to the magazine by visiting classical-music.com or to our interactive iPad edition by visiting itunes.com. BBC Music Magazine is now an official Apple Music curator and you can listen to our exclusive playlists by visiting applemusic.com slash bbcmm. So this month we're in the studio for First Listen, our chance to listen to and rate an important new recording. And joining me for this very task is Deputy Editor Jeremy Pound, Reviews Editor Rebecca Franks, and Editorial Assistant Eleanor Cooper. Hello. 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 And this month, we've chosen the Shandos Disc, of violin for all seasons, combining a recording, Vivaldi's Four Seasons, with British composer Roxana Punufnik's tribute to Vivaldi's masterpiece, Four World Seasons. And it's all performed by dedicatee violinist Tasman Little with the BBC Symphony Orchestra. Influenced, as she says, by global politics and climate issues, Panufnik pairs each season with a country, giving us autumn in Albania, a Tibetan winter, spring in Japan and an Indian summer, each movement bearing a musical hallmark of its country. So, has our listening left us with a sunny disposition or is it raining in our hearts? Let's hear the opening to Vivaldi's Spring. <laughs> So that was the opening to Vivaldi's Spring. Rebecca, um, Tasmin Little um, freely accepts that she doesn't necessarily go for the completely authentic approach, but she does go for something that's very colourful and really sort of opens the music to our ears. Do you think it works?
2: Yeah, she describes in the booklet notes how she um, has been influenced by Baroque violinists, but she's resolutely a modern player. She's here playing with the BBC Symphony Orchestra, so, um, you know, an orchestra verse and all different, sort of, different styles of music. And she's directing as well. And it's a slightly larger orchestra than you might be used to hearing in this music. But I do think she brings something individual and very engaging to the music, actually. Um, I don't necessarily... I'm not necessarily sure, I'm convinced by all the, the tempos that she chooses, but I really like the sort of the affection and the, the lyricism that she brings to the performance.
1: And there's a lovely interplay between her and her harpsichordist as well. I, I, I find that there's a, there's a freedom, perhaps, that not adhering to the sort of treatises and various sort of instrumentations, I, I feel that sort of sets her free. Do you think that that's true as, as well?
2: Yes, I think she works really well together with um, David Wright, the harpsichordist, and as you say, there's lovely freedom to it.
1: So, tell us a bit about uh, Roxana Panufnik's own sort of spring movement in her suite of uh, uh, new works.
2: Yes, so we get Spring in Japan in her piece, um, Four World Seasons. And I do think the Vivaldi and the Punufnik work very nicely together, actually. Uh, they're both vivid and pictorial and engaging. And Roxana Punufnik is one of a many long line of composers who've responded to the idea of doing a musical tour around the months and seasons. And she adds in this extra element of a tour. Um, around different countries as well. So Spring in Japan takes the idea of um, sort of growth and things coming into life. And we get the bird song, which also relates to the Vivaldi and the cherry blossom, that's sort of depicted in the teeming life that you hear in the score. So Yeah, I think they work nicely together.
1: We're going to move on and hear a little bit from the Indian Summer, actually, which um, uh, ends uh, Roxana Panufnik's suite, whereas um, in the Vivaldi version, it's the second uh, season. So um, Panufnik sort of chucks the order on its head. But let's hear an extract from Indian Summer. So I don't know. Indian summer, sort of a, a melee of, of of sort of different colours and cultures, and lots of sultriness in there. Does this does this work for you? Is it evocative music?
3: I I really um, did enjoy it, and particularly because uh, she's taken the idea of an Indian summer, which is. Uh, the phrase that's often used to describe kind of uncharacteristically warm weather, but actually she's taken it literally and used um, the um, Indian elements. She's incorporated them really well into um, this modern orchestra and and Western orchestra. So, for instance, she's got the double basses um, imitating an instrument called a tanpura, which is um, a big stringed instrument like a double bass, um, but it just plays four notes on a drone throughout. And it's almost like kind of buzzing of flies or, you know, there's, there's that kind of tension of a storm about to explode or something you can imagine that and it it, all of that all of the piece is built on that kind of very um, evocative uh, bass and then the solo violin plays in this very sweeping sliding style which is apparently very traditional um, in northern India Um, and she incorporates rhythms from Indian tabla drums as well so it's really and then four modes from different parts of India so she's really taking us on a tour um, of, of India and it's very um, kind of intense music. So, like Vivaldi, it's not a, a lovely summer's day. It's a, it's a very stormy, intense, like heavy day.
1: Yes, it's very hot and, as you say, very intense. Um, the, the Vivaldi. Uh, how how do you sort of rate her performance of the of this the, the, the summer concerto, as it were?
3: I think the um, the larger orchestra, um, by using the BBC Symphony Orchestra, it, it does because the summer is where the storm happens in in Vivaldi's Seasons, and it does lend. Um, a lot of drama to that because it's very—it's a very big sound at that storm, and so you kind of get the um, the weight of the storm from um, from the size of the orchestra. Tasman Little does quite a bit of improvising um, throughout summer, and she does it. She adds a link in between movements one and two, which I think David um, Wright also does um, later on. So. <sighs> It's very individual thing she brings to it.
1: Mm. Uh, it's a sort of very free uh, movement, really, isn't it? You've got the freedom in the in the Vivaldi, but also there's a sense of freedom in the Panufnik mm, as well. There's, yeah. a, there's a sense that there's there's a sort of improvisatory element to that as well. Yeah. So I think, actually, Jamie, this is a sort of sense of almost improvisation in the Albanian movement, isn't it? The sense that she's sort of letting rip with some Albanian folk tunes over the top of an orchestral accompaniment.
4: Yes, there's two sections, actually, to to Autumn in Albania, effectively. there's In the first half of it, we get... Um, what is derived from the dance of chimes which is actually a dance which they um, dance in weddings in Albania and that's kind of quite lively and quite boisterous. And then we have this lengthy cadenza which leads us into what is a, a mournful lament. Um, it's uh, derived again from Albanian folk tune this time which apparently a friend of Roxana Panofnik heard and actually kind of played to her and she heard that and she's kind of kind of worked that into her, her own music here. It's actually very different in character from Vivaldi's um, take on autumn because in Vivaldi you get three sections you've got the harvest and then you've got a central section where actually our peasant having drunk himself silly during the harvest then goes off for a nice kip and then the third section in the Vivaldi is the hunt so it's not reflected in Roxana's Roxanna's approach to it at all. More
1: more response than than a direct influence. Exactly yeah. So um, the, the playing in the in the Vivaldi, do you do you also feel that it's 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 worthy of our attention?
4: I do, in particular, actually, I want to um, bring out that um, that sleep central movement in the in the Vivaldi, because um, as the sleeve notes actually rightly point out. When we hear the central movement of, of autumn, we always think of that Vivaldi is depicting kind of mellow fruitfulness and mists and kind of sultry meadows, whereas actually Vivaldi himself said that it's actually this chap dozing off to sleep and having a blissful dream. However, when you hear it here, you can be either. it. has got that wonderful stillness in the playing. Uh, she uses very little vibrato at all, and it kind of, there's a very sort of magical effect she creates, as do the orchestra.
1: So let's just return to the Pnuffnik. Let's hear an extract from Autumn in Albany media. that was Autumn in Albania by Roxana Panufnik, part of a Four World Seasons which is in response to Vivaldi's Four Seasons and we're going to talk about um, Vivaldi's winter now in comparison to um, Roxana Panufnik's Winter. I, I get actually a little bit separately from everyone else here a sense of connection between the Vivaldi and the, uh, the Panufnik. There's a real sense of sort of chilliness. Um, so the music, I think, I think strings sort of perhaps lend themselves to real chilliness when you sort of play near the bridge and there's a real sense of sort of wind uh, howling through. Um, you know, the rooms in a house that Vivaldi talks about, you know, the fact that the the doors are bolted up um, and you can still feel the wind sort of racing through the rooms. But I, I, I feel that there's, there's a real sort of sense that that they've really thought about how to use the harpsichord and how to use the strings. And it, it brought to mind a little bit of Nigel Kennedy's recording of The Four Seasons, at The Beginning of Winter. But I think it's tempered slightly and, and, and perhaps romanticised a little bit more by Tasman Little. Um, playing is, is stunning. Um, And again, you know, less harsh than Nigel Kennedy. So you don't get that sense of the biting wind, but you do get this sense of the relentless wind to it. Um, Let's hear an extract from um, the the, the start of uh, winter, Vivaldi's version, that is. So that was the very beginning of Vivaldi's winter for the four seasons. Um, The Tibetan winter, uh, on on the other hand, it starts with a beautiful um, ring of a a Tibetan uh, singing bowl. Um, and Roxana Panufnik uses uh, sort of Tibetan folk songs in in, in the uh, in, in her version of Winter, but she also she uses not only a sort of a, a slightly sort of romanticised singing of this, but also a very sort of traditional, um, uh, uh, sort of guttural performance of the folk song. So you get this very sort of melismatic line with the violin, but also mixed in with these sort of beautiful um, ornamentations that she puts in to really give a sense of the Tibetan traditional. Um, song and also this again this sort of rawness um, and this chilliness of the Tibetan winter. So um, I think it's time for the scores for this, Jeremy, what are you going to give this uh, recording out of 10?
4: Right, well I'm going to have to start off by declaring a little bit of an interest here in that I actually chatted to both the composer and Tasman Nettle quite extensively about this disc, um, so I've heard their thoughts about it firsthand. However, trying to be as independent as I can, I still think it's a terrific disc, I've really enjoyed it. I think the, the Pnuffinic in particular is a really interesting take on the subject and I'm going to give it 8 out of 10. Rebecca?
2: I'd like to give this 7 out of 10, and I would definitely recommend it um, to hear the, the Roxana Pnufnik in particular, and actually yeah, a really lovely take on the Vivaldi. It did bring something individual, which is what Tasman Little set out to do.
3: Uh, I'm also going to give it 7 out of 10, um, similar reasons. I think it's a lovely set. The two works complement each other really well, um, and I really enjoyed the, uh, the Um So, yeah, a really enjoyable disc.
1: I'm going to give it 8 out of 10. I enjoyed... I I very much enjoyed the playing. I I felt sometimes there could have been a slightly cleaner take on one or two of this for Vivaldi, but, but I enjoyed the coupling. I thought it was a really imaginative work that that made me think anew about the Vivaldi um, in terms of perhaps what the composer was trying to do to express the seasons rather than simply a set of four concertos. And I think any recording that can get you to think differently about a well-worn work I think is a is a great achievement. Um, and the team seems to work really wonderfully together. I think Panufnik's writing for Tasman Little is clearly, um, you know, they've clearly gone on a journey together and it's clearly a, a collaboration. So Tasman Little has ended up with a piece of music that suits her very well. And And I think the BBC Symphony Orchestra are terrific. Um, So that gives us an average of 7.5 out of 10. So thank you very much for joining us and join us again next time when we'll be discussing another new recording.
2: Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.
1: Thank you for listening to this BBC Music Magazine podcast, which was produced in our Bristol studio by Jack Fletcher. For more of our podcasts, visit our website at classical-music.com or simply head to iTunes.
0: Do you want to be part of a global community of people who are passionate about sound? Join the House of Bang & Olufsen for the latest news on sound innovation, as well as invites to exclusive events, special offers, and behind-the-scenes content. You'll also be the first to receive information about new and limited series products, from Atelier editions to highly coveted collaborations. Sign up today at bang-olufsen.com forward slash classical.